Hey friends, and happy 2022. We are here. We made it to another year, and likely everything is very much the same as it was a month ago. But it's still fun to um, celebrate a new year and enter into a new season, if you will. Something's coming up. We have a community episode coming your way. I'm so, so pumped for you to hear this episode and um, take some wisdom from more music therapists than just me. (laughs) So the community podcast episode coming up is called Words for My Younger Self. And um, this is also about what I wish I knew as a music therapy student or new professional, how long or how I would approach things differently now that I know more, and advice for those starting out. So it's a few people who are in the music therapist community um, through Not Your Average Music Therapist, and we came together to record this. We each recorded our own thoughts individually, and compiled it into one episode. So that is coming your way. Um, The other thing that is coming your way, um, in February, we are opening up the membership again for new members. So I want you to, I guess, start thinking about if you would like to join the membership So it's the Not Your Average Music Therapist community, and we have beautiful community calls around peer supervision or a specific topic um, or whatever really is going on in our lives and in our work. And then um, there's some perks for you, so discounts on any products that I have or um, discount on coaching Um, and you get to be part of this, this larger, I don't know, movement of music therapists being honest with, uh, life and with work and with what it feels like to be a music therapist. I feel like so many music therapists keep everything happy and keep everything looking beautiful just to represent the field, the profession well, But I don't really think we have to do that. I think we can still show the joy and the beauty that music therapy brings while being realistic around what it looks like, what it feels like, what it's like to be a professional music therapist. So I would love for you to join the community if you want to be surrounded by a group of like-minded music therapists and like have a safe space to share your thoughts that um, might not be accepted (laughs) in other places. So that's starting in, that's opening up in February. So look for that. And um, I suppose that's it for updates. How about we get into our episode?
right, so we are on episode 36 of Not Your Average Music Therapist. And in this episode, we're going to go through a bunch of different things that have something in common. Um, I'm not really sure what I'm going to call this episode yet, so I may have already given away what that thing is that's in common with all these things. We'll see. We'll see what I name it. I might be uh, sneaky and name it something totally random. But um, all of these things have something in common, and that's that's what I want to talk about today, especially as we are stepping into a new year and, uh, you know, walking into a new season that might feel very similar. It's an opportunity to think about what you want to see in the future, whether it's the next month or the next year. Um, It's an opportunity to think about a theme or a focus or an aspiration you have. If you've noticed, I have been avoiding using the word goal because there's so much... um, There's so much tied up in that word, in that word goal, and in the word resolution. They feel so harsh, and I think I talked a little bit about that in my last episode, but I think there's a kinder, gentler way of going about a new year, so this episode lends itself to that, too. Um, I have to just remind myself of, of... the things that I'm going to talk about today because things have been hard in early January 2022. Today I had another cancellation of a client and contract uh, because of COVID. They have an outbreak at their facility so they're quarantining and uh, closing the doors to any visitors. So it's a big bummer. (laughs) There are so many perks to having my own business, but that is one very big, um, downfall. Like when someone cancels, I lose out, on on cash, you know, I lose out on money. Um, that's part of my income. And with, uh, as an employee of an organization or company, you're guaranteed that work, even if someone cancels it. Um, and some businesses might have it structured differently. But anyway, let's uh, let's dive into this episode. So the first thing that I wanted to bring up, we're going to go through a lot of different topics. Let's see, let me just read through some of the topics first before I dive in. Um, so we're going to talk about Alzheimer's patients. We are going to talk about the Insta retreat. We are going to talk about caffeine wean. <laughs> it, sounds, it just sounds ridiculous. Um... We're going to briefly mention taxes and then writing and working out and then relationships with other professionals and processing something that hurt you. So all of these things have have this idea in common that that we're going to talk about today. All right, so starting with Alzheimer's patients. So a new study came out in November 2021, um, and it's 
let me see. I will link this in the uh, show notes. So the name of it is Long Known Music Exposure Effects on Brain Imaging and Cognition in Early Stage Cognitive Decline, a pilot study. And the title of the article that this um, study came out in, or, you know, where I found it, was Listening to Favorite Music Improves Brain Plasticity and Cognitive Performance in Alzheimer's Patients. So it's out of the University of Toronto. And um, they showed that uh, repeated listening to personally meaningful music induces beneficial brain plasticity in patients with mild cognitive impairment or early Alzheimer's disease. And it's like, we all, we all kind of know that already, but um, this is really like a landmark study to actually see it happening. Um, and I'm sure they are working on more studies with more people, but we're seeing that, um, you know, people's brains can be changed with music and even Alzheimer's patients. And the, the key in this study was that participants, um, let me see here. They were assigned to three weeks of daily long-known music listening, lasting one hour in duration. So when I think about that, three weeks, I think it was every day, yeah, daily, um, and it was just over and over again listening to this music that people loved. So it showed that there were changes in brain structure, function, and cognition, which is just incredible. And they did it little by little over time, listening to the music every day for three weeks. And three weeks isn't even that long. But still, it's not like they went to a concert and got that same amount of music in like one weekend or one day. It was one hour every day for three weeks. So the next thing that relates is the Insta Retreat. So one of my favorite pod, well, podcast and Instagram people, <laughs> influencers, I suppose. Um, one of my favorite Instagram people to follow is me and Orla. I'll put that in the show notes. And um, her name is Sarah Tasker. I <laughs> I actually remember mentioning her on this podcast once before, um, or no, maybe it was my Instagram story because I said her name in an English accent, just in a fake English accent. Cause I can't really do it, but just for fun. Um, but, uh, so she runs this thing called the Insta retreat and it's basically taking people from like square one pun intended, of Instagram and, you know, how to use it, how to use the platform, how to get engagement, how to create an aesthetic out of your pictures and in your Instagram feed, uh, what to do with your name and following people and 
um, your captions and your hashtags and your stories. And it's basically like from zero to 100 on Instagram. Um, it's a lot of money. And I used my business. <laughs> like, it was a business expense for me <clears throat> last year. And um, so I used my business funds to join it. And it was so, it was so, so good. I gained so much from that online retreat. And one of the things was just how these very, very minute, small changes to your photography, your pictures, like editing the color just a smidge this way or um, adding the shadows so slightly how all of those tiny little things created these beautiful images and like made images pop in just the right way. And it wasn't like this big, like, okay, let's boost the color all the way yellow or boost the color all the way blue. Like it was very tiny, tiny adjustments. So that was, that was, uh, something I noticed that was really, really cool. And similarly, the caffeine wean. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm just laughing because like, no one says that. No one says caffeine wean. It's like, oh, I'm weaning off of caffeine or something like that. But when I say caffeine wean, it just, it makes me feel like I am abbreviating or shortening the word weenie. <laughs> so I'm not saying caffeine weenie. I'm saying caffeine wean. Weaning off of caffeine. So I've been working with a naturopathic medicine doctor for a while now, helping me to get to a more balanced place within my body and digestion um, with food and supplements and herbs and things like that. And it's been a very long process. I'm still working with her. But one of the things that she had me do near the beginning of our time together was wean off of caffeine just to see how my body responded to it and if I really needed it. Um, so the way that we did that was she's like, okay, how much caffeine do you have a day? And at the time I was having maybe like two to three cups of black tea or I think it may have been two. So maybe that would have been like 24 ounces of caffeine. She, she labeled it by ounce and then told me to incrementally have less. So like the first day, have your two cups. The next day or two, have 20 ounces and then a couple days after that, have 18 ounces of hot tea or black tea. And then a few days after that, you know, when you're having 18 ounces in a row, those three days, then go down to 16 ounces or 15 ounces. And it was like these incremental, incremental steps down to zero to no caffeine. And it was the perfect way to do it because then... I didn't experience major headaches and I didn't feel sick. I didn't feel totally exhausted out of my mind. 
I did feel more tired, but then over time my body adjusted. And then recently uh, my coach said something similar about vitamins where you don't realize it until you stop them and then you notice the difference that those vitamins made. So what I'm getting at with this episode is that little tweaks over time can make a big difference. And little by little, we can get to a new place. So similar to um, breaking down the caffeine over time or tweaking the Instagram photos, in my experience, was working on taxes So I've said before on previous episodes about um, my my big mistakes with business and how that is one reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I want to help you avoid the same large mistakes that I made early on. So one of those things was taxes and knowing what the heck to do with them. Um, especially having my own business. And so, you know, at at first when I started my business, I had no idea what I was doing. And I remember, I think the first year that I had my business officially, even though I didn't realize it was official, all I did was track mileage. I, I, I tracked how many miles it took me to go from my house to the first site, to the second site, to the third site, to back home or, you know, whatever it was. And then the second year I added on, uh, professional things. So I, I still tracked my mileage and then I was like, you know what? I should keep track of like my CBMT dues and my, if I pay for AMTA membership or if I buy like a music therapy book or pay for a music therapy conference And then the third year that I was doing, starting to like open my eyes to taxes, I tracked my mileage, I tracked those professional things, and then I tracked any like materials that I used. So like office materials, office supplies, instruments that I bought for my business, uh, things like that, notebooks. And then the fourth year, that I was in business and I don't, I didn't say like, Oh, this year I'm going to track this. It was just like the next year I was like, Hey, maybe I should pay attention to this a little more and like dive into it a little deeper. Um, so it wasn't like black and white, like this is what I did next, but this is what I've kind of gathered over the years, how I did it. And I didn't even realize that I did it that slowly, but then I look back on it and I'm like, I didn't go from zero to 100 right away. Like I didn't, I didn't learn how to do my taxes perfectly on day one or year one. I mean, I still don't do them perfectly, but, um, I had no clue in the beginning and it was such a steep learning curve for me, at least that I needed to do these small things one thing per year that I added on to taxes for me to have like a a handle on it. So then the fourth year I started tracking 
any like educational things that I did beyond music therapy. So reading a book that was like around psychology that could inform my music therapy practice, but not necessarily a music therapy book. And then also tracking how much my office space costs. So tracking my um, apartment rent and then taking out or deducting a percentage of that for my office space. Even if my office space is like a closet that where I store all my instruments and a chair that I sit on to write all my notes. <laughs> so little by little, I started tracking all of these things for taxes and my expenses and all of these things that I could count as deductions. And then eventually I tracked my income very, very closely. And that also came with having more clients and more contracts, being able to track exactly like how many people I'm seeing and what I'm making per session and how much each, each session costs. And now it's like, I can't believe that I'm here. Um, now I'm like actually comparing how much I make per month. <laughs> it seems like a silly thing to laugh at, but I, it, the first few years of business, I would never think to do that. And now it's like so cool that I can do that. And part of the reason is because I'm actually seeing people regularly. You know, in the beginning, it was just a couple clients here and there. Now I have somewhat of a caseload. Um, it's not a full-time caseload by any means, but it's a, it's, I am seeing people regularly and that is so cool. So now I'm able to compare like how much I make, uh, each month or each quarter, which I haven't even gotten to looking at it quarterly yet. I will hopefully this year. Um, and, and then I'm able to, uh, compare, the different categories of expenses and, you know, okay, how much am I spending on marketing stuff and how much am I spending on instruments or session like equipment, you know, think like Bluetooth speakers or headphones or stuff like that. Or how much am I spending on my office supplies or my website or my office space that kind of a thing. So I'm really excited to see that I've gotten to this place where I can actually like compare things and almost like have more of a bird's eye view, like be able to see what I'm doing from a, a higher point, point of view. Um, but it's taken years to get here. And that's one thing I want to bring up is that I feel like so often as music therapists and maybe this is like projected onto us within the profession or from our professors or the very, very high and seemingly unattainable standards of CBMT, but it's like we expect ourselves to do everything right off the bat. We expect music therapist to be amazing in all areas of music therapy or be able to play every accompanying instrument um, and have a beautiful soaring voice or we we expect we or we are expected to 
know exactly how to process things with our clients and families and students and patients and residents um, and use counseling techniques effortlessly. And it's like, I feel like I just always say this, but it just, we can't do everything. We can't possibly do everything. And I think, I think we are really hard on ourselves. At least I know I am. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be able to do everything right away. And it's really not fair. (laughs) Uh, One thing that this year is teaching me already is to take my time and slow down and let things happen as they happen. It takes years to develop skills. And yes, that can be very, very frustrating because we want to, we want to just use, use our skills right away and and do everything at an excellent level. And a lot of that we were taught to like, you can't make mistakes or you're not doing this right, or you have to be better. Um, you have to grow, you have to learn all that stuff, but all of that development takes years. Not to say that any of this is hopeless or unattainable, but um, things take time. And I think we forget that. I think I forget that. Things take a lot of time. And I feel like there's such a pressure from our society to do things quickly. And to do more and more and more, fit more things in your schedule, create more goals, get another job, buy more things. Oh, it's just, it's just a rat race. It just feels like a game. So I want to present to us that we opt out of that game and we change things for ourselves, for our own lives and, and our work. And we encourage those around us to do the same, like just slow down. Um, I was talking with a music therapy colleague of mine today and we were talking about um, just how we have like so much going on and how can we possibly do it all? We don't have like the capacity or energy or motivation to get to everything, but we have this really, really long to-do list at all times. And we were talking about how it almost feels shameful. We almost feel shame when we don't get to everything or guilt. And I was saying like, it almost feels like I'm being unprofessional if I don't get to everything or if I take things slowly. You know, like sending an email after you've let it sit in your inbox for a week. God forbid you do that. (laughs) You know, even these podcast episodes, I'm going to be going back and editing them so that my super duper long pauses are not quite as long and it doesn't feel like I'm going so slowly. But I think think we ought to um, get a little more comfortable with slow and get a little more 
accustomed to taking things or doing things little by little, those little tweaks. Because changing the look of your Instagram picture might mean making 10 tiny tweaks instead of one really big color change. The caffeine wean is going to take, you know, maybe two or three weeks of little by little breaking it down, having less caffeine each day to actually work well. Figuring out how to run a business and file taxes and keep track of your expenses and deductions. For me, it took like a good five years. (laughs) To get to a place where I feel like, okay, yeah, this is like, this has a system to it. This feels like a regular thing. So a couple of other things that I'm starting to do and reminding myself of, reminding myself of this way of doing things is uh, writing and working out. So I'm like reminding myself small things, small things, small things over time. Um, get into a routine and, you know, don't let, don't do everything all in one swoop, but do it little by little day by day, kind of like cleaning your house. It's much easier to keep things consistent by doing them little by little, like, okay, doing the dishes one time every single day. So for me, writing and working out, um, I love writing and I have to, I have to come to a place of acceptance with like, I am a writer, but it's like, it's my creative outlet. It's, it's what pulls me in. So I've been working with my coach to have this be something that I do more often. So she gave me a little experiment. She likes to call them experiments instead of goals. Um, she's like, just experiment with writing every single day. See how it goes. Like, Maybe it doesn't work and we have to try something else, but maybe you'll see that you actually get into the hang of it. She reminded me of, you know, how long it takes to develop a habit. So this one study, it took anywhere from 18 days to 254 days. Hey, that's less than a year (laughs) for people to form a new habit. Um... And it says on average, it takes more than two months before a new behavior becomes automatic. 66 days to be exact. So my coach told me this, like I remember her saying 66 days and I had in my head, okay, 66 days. Each month has about 30 days. So that's like about two months, a little over two months. And I feel like I might be approaching that two month mark with my writing And I've been writing every day and honestly, guys, it's like some days are just total crap. Like I write three words and I'm like, yeah, I wrote for the day. (laughs) And then some days it's like I'm pouring my heart over the page and I'm, I'm sitting just letting words envelop me for like two hours or something. I don't know if it's really been two hours, but the point is. It was, it's been more important for me to do it every day than for it to be good every day. So some days it was like a few words or like, hey, I don't want to write right now. 
but I'm just doing it to try to form this habit. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's one of the things that I'm trying to do that I'm experimenting with this year. And then the other thing is working out. This has been something that I've been avoiding for like years and years and years and years. I don't even remember the last time I exercised regularly. Like regularly, like often, once a week at least. It had to have been before Greg and I were married. Like we, we've we tried together here and there like, okay, let's go on a walk every day or let's go on a walk a few times a week and nothing ever stuck. So it's been at least nine years <laughs> since I have exercised regularly. But I'm starting up again. Um, and the way that I'm helping myself to do it is by going with a friend to the gym because I know that trying to do it on my own is not going to work. Even with writing, okay? So my writing is happening because when I brought this up with my coach, she's like, what do you need from me? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. But then I was like, wait a second. I know that like for me to feel like I'm making progress towards habits or goals or whatever. I need some sort of accountability. So I was like, okay, what I need from you is to have me. (laughs) So really what I need myself to do, but I needed to have her be like my accountability partner. So I needed to send her just a little confirmation that I wrote something each day. So I needed her to kind of like keep me to my goal or experiment of writing every day and kind of call me out if I didn't. But just knowing that I had to report to someone has really, really been helping me. And I don't write every day, but I allow myself the space to take a day off or take a couple days off. And then I just get right back on it. Um... I remember that was a similar thing with working with my naturopath. She always just reminded me, tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another day. You can start again tomorrow. And it was so graceful. It was never like, you better get back on track. It was like, tomorrow's another day to to try it out. Let's give this another experiment. So yeah, I've started working out like once or twice a week with my friend And so that feels really like attainable to me. Very easy, like one day a week. Um, And then the other thing that's nice is working out with my friend because I know that my tendency is to overdo it. Like overdo it with eating foods that I like to the point where I get sick or um, binge watching a show So I watched the entire series in like one night instead of like pacing myself and watching it over time. So similarly, anytime I've tried working on the past, it's like, I'll just go full force and like work out for like two hours straight or like just go on like the longest walk ever. And it's not sustainable. And we know this as music therapists with the work that we do. And like the study that we talked about earlier, it takes these small things regularly to see any sort of change. And so my friend is really good about, hey, we're only working out for like 
30 to 45 minutes. And that's only like once or twice a week. So it feels very good right now. And I even like, I want to up it, but I first want to like get into this habit. Like, okay, what do we say? 66 days. So I have to give myself another month and a half because I just recently started. Um, I need to give myself at least another month and a half doing things in this very small way before I take it up the next notch. And that's what we have to remind ourselves about. These small things, little by little, little by little, little by little. All right, I will add one more idea or story to this episode. So I'm trying to take this same approach in kind of a different way in my personal slash professional life. More so my professional life, but personal too. Um, (laughs) So, and this might be something that some of you relate with and it's really a hard thing and I think it's not talked about quite enough. So I, I want to talk about it and I want to see, I mean, first of all, I just want you to feel like the things that you've been through, other people have been through also, and, um, you're not alone in anything that you felt from other professionals. So I've had a couple music therapists and even other healthcare professionals accuse me of doing things that I didn't do. Um, or they assumed things of me that just weren't true. It was very, very hurtful. Um, that's like one of, one of the hardest things for me in life is knowing that someone thinks that I wronged them when I really feel like that's not the case or I had no idea that they were thinking this way or I just feel like they're seeing things just totally upside down. So unfortunately, these same people were ones that were not open to hearing my side of things. So my point of view and my perspective, what I felt like was going on and was true, my experience and even my my thoughts and feelings, like I couldn't even get them out. I had no space to use my voice. So for my own protection, I had to create a really big boundary by leaving these abusive situations immediately. If I didn't, there would be shaming and blaming and constraining. All of those things would continue. That control and that power over me, holding holding me down with something that they thought I did that I really didn't do. Or feeling like I was a certain type of person where I just don't think I'm that kind of person. And I've even like, you know, in times like this, I I reach out to my friends too. And I'm like, hey, this thing happened. I don't think I did that. Or I don't think that was wrong of me to do. Or you don't think I'm a bad person, right? Like, let me tell you the situation. It can be really helpful to run things by other people. So with these situations that I went through, I'm left with relationships that have had no resolve 
instead of being respectful and professional and cordial colleagues, there's just this awkwardness in the air. It's so, so frustrating for me. And it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? So I'm coming back to this idea of little by little. So little by little, I can process through the deep hurt that I felt within that relationship. Even even before then, little by little, I can create bigger and better boundaries for myself. So I don't get in situations like this or I protect myself from people who might be abusive little by little and now now that I'm reflecting on this I'm thinking you know I I got to the place with those two different they were jobs two different jobs where I had to like leave the abusive situation immediately I only got to that place because little by little I've been working with a therapist. I've been in my own therapy, working on my confidence and my uh, self-assertive skills and my recognition of, of what is safe and what is toxic or what is what feels like ease or what feels comfortable or what feels... Um, I said safe already, right? What feels good and what feels abusive or harsh or conflicting within myself. And therapy has has been one of those things that little by little like I don't I don't see my therapist like for 3 hours every week. It's like once a week or once every couple weeks. But I've been working with her for like two years now or over two years. And, you know, we started with managing my anxiety and then we went to creating healthy boundaries and then we dove into um, more like relational stuff and friendships. And it's like it's been this beautiful evolving process little by little of me becoming me me stepping into who I know I truly am. So that's ultimately what I want to bring with this episode. My my friend Sarah, I was talking with her, and I can't remember exactly what we were talking about, but it must have been one of these situations where it's like, okay, over time I am processing through this or building back my identity or um, processing through grief and feeling like I'm coming into a space where I can breathe again. And she brought back this idea of evolving. Evolving. So little by little, we evolve. Little by little with these music therapists and other healthcare professionals, I can reshape how I feel towards them. Um, and how hurt I feel inside. Little by little, we can experiment with um, new habits, like for me, writing and working out or weaning off of caffeine. I'm actually back on caffeine more than I was when I first started that. But for us music therapy business owners, 
little by little, we can understand taxes and (laughs) figure out what expenses and deductions are and how to do them. And then maybe get to a place where we can compare what we've done a different year or a different month. So little by little, we get closer to our ideal lives or our ideal selves or our most beautiful life. I don't know what you want to call it, but little by little, we can experience beauty and see change and evolve. Maybe we don't need, we don't need it to be a big change. So as we wrap up, may you um, feel encouraged to slow down and remind yourself that things take time and that you can make changes or form habits or get better at a skill little by little. I'm excited to continue growing our music therapist community, this Not Your Average Music Therapist membership, because I feel like it's going to be a safe space to do these things. What I see with it is that it's like a hub where we come together and then we break off into smaller groups, um, getting to know other music therapists individually and honestly just becoming friends. And with that, being able to support each other's growth, whatever that looks like. So like my example of working with my coach, um, having someone be on the other end to keep you accountable for writing every day, having someone to meet with once a week to talk about the healthy things you've done for the week or the um, experiments that you're trying. I'm so, I'm so, I'm just like honored to be facilitating this and see music therapists who think like me come around to this space. It's, it's just beautiful. I am, I'm so grateful for um, everyone who's joined so far. And I'm so excited to see what is to come and see each of us supported as music therapists and ultimately as beautiful people, (laughs) beautiful human beings. So happy 2022 to you, even if it's been hard and weird and confusing. Hopefully you'll be encouraged that little by little things will change. And before we know it, we'll see a totally different picture. All right. Talk with you soon.